Hey everybody, this is the First State Snobbery Wrestling Spectacular. Sure is. And we are opening with Paige's theme. We're going to turn down the volume knobs a bit because we're redlining on our audacity. I can't hear anything. That's not good. You can't hear anything at all? I can hear a little bit now. Can you hear it now? No, I can't hear anything. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. I can hear it now. Ow. (laughs) Can you hear it now? Great way to start our segment. Can you hear it? I can hear it now. All right, well, then I'm going to turn that down. So... How was your wrestling week? My wrestling week was better than last wrestling week. You know what? So was mine. Well, that's a pleasant surprise, I guess. Yes. Isn't it? Very, very pleasant. I guess. You guess, huh? Yes, I guess. So, uh, I guess we're going to find out why it was more pleasant than the uh, last week. I guess. That's maybe the reason why we're podcasting. Well, we're going to have a couple surprises this week. Yeah. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. I mean, not new bits or anything, because that's like your greatest fear is that I'm going <laughs> to unleash some new bit. But that's not what it is. Well, it's not my greatest fear. It's just a fear, because then I'm just like... Okay, unprepared. Unprepared. I, I, I don't deal with that very well. No. Well... Go ahead. What we do is a wrestling summary for the week where we start off with WWE and then we end off with other stuff. We do WWE, then we do kind of around the world, and then we do... We, We talk about just the general everything about wrestling that's kind of currently going on, I think. I guess you could say that. Don't you think? I guess. That people could tap into and check out in the wrestling world. We basically tell you what you should be watching and what you shouldn't pay attention to. Yeah, I think that's true for the most part. And like what is interesting and what's not so interesting going on in the wrestling world today. So we kind of recap Raw, but we don't do like a a bit by bit breakdown. We don't do a move by move breakdown of the matches. We just kind of go through and summarize what's going on with the titles and any ancillary story matters, and then give kind of like a good, what's good, what's bad, and what's really bad. Yeah, and then we have a few twists and turns along the way also. And then what we do is we go ahead and break down wrestling otherwise, like Lucha Underground, TNA Impact, Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's kind of like what I meant by like wrestling today. And then we have a third segment where we just... (laughs) <laughs> Leave it up to Heather to do whatever. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Since I came up with the majority of the, the segments here. But you enhance them with your nerdiness. And then we take piss breaks and drink beer. <laughs> That's not true. That's totally true. That's not true. So we're going to start off with Raw. Because that's what we always start out with. That's the first segment. Okay. So, you go ahead. And what we do is we break it down title by title. What is the most useless title on Raw for you. Okay. Uh, the least important title. <laughs> yes. The least important title. <laughs> Is the Divas. You are Not incorrect women. this week. Oh, 
so we are going to base it on Raw. Okay. Coming out of Raw, what is the okay w- most worthless title? Usually, we start out with the Divas title because usually that is least important. I'm not going to look at John's notes. Mm-mm. So it's up to you to guess. How about hmm, tag team? No. Intercontinental. Correct. Oh man, we are shuffling all around. Who's the champion? Ryback. Correct. Who are his contenders? His contenders or are his his contender, as it were. The Big Show. Correct. That's and one the of them. And Miz when he doesn't have a mic in his hand. That's correct as well. Okay. This week, Big Show and Sheamus went against Ryback and Randy Orton. And the match was a typical tag match where you get your babyface shine early, then you get babyface in peril because the heels take over, and then there's hope spots, and then the babyface comes back alive, he gets a hot tag in, and then his partner goes crazy and blah, 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 and such and such. Miz was on commentary for the entire match. One thing leads to another, and the babyfaces win. There's some news about this whole scene and why this Intercontinental title is the most worthless title on Raw. Okay, so why don't you tell us why it's the most worthless this week? Because Ryback is out with a staph infection, and the title match for Battleground is officially off. (gasps) Are you serious? I'm dead serious. So when... So Sunday, Sunday, which is this tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> it's for tomorrow everyone. for us today. It's not tomorrow for the people listening yeah, yeah. to this. All, uh, yeah, all of our loyal listeners. So, wow. So is this one of the surprises? That's one of the surprises. Yes. So uh, are, does that mean that um, the network's only like eight ninety five this month? No, you don't get a discount. <laughs> Come they'll, on. They'll probably fill that space up with something or they'll stretch a match long. But yeah, that Sting's going to come out and do something. That's the rumor. Oh, Sting and Taker. Just, I was actually just kidding, but that Sting, would be cool. Sting and Taker are rumored to be at Battleground. Well, they need to do something. Wow. So yeah. This, you know, the Big Show and Miss could just do something. Yeah, but that doesn't work because then... Because there's no reason for them to have exactly. a match. Exactly. But how is that different than the majority of the matches that are on Raw and SmackDown anyway? They um, wrestle for... Grins. Shiggles. As you say. Shits and giggles. I can't can't hear. You still can't hear? Well, you moved something and now I can't hear. Yes, I did move something. There we go. No, no, no. no. Yes, yes, yes. You hear now? These wires. Wait, I had something. Oh, oh. Do you know when we briefly discussed? We briefly discussed this. Did we? Yes. Um... How I would rank things on my grading scale. Okay. Matches and raw. So you're going to grade Orton and. I'm going to grade. Yes, I guess I'm going to um, grade that match. Okay. And I have decided that for raw and all of raw purposes, <laughs> I'm going to uh, grade it based on in, on attitude adjustments. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think it's funny. This got, I guess. One attitude. I wouldn't even have given it that. You know what? I would. I would do like, like you're starting to do the attitude adjustment, but you just don't complete it. So it's like half. It's a reversed attitude adjustment. It's like an attitude adjustment, like frozen in time. 
that doesn't get completed. I don't even know why you're grading that this this <laughs> bullshit because it's terrible. It is everything not great. Important, everything involving Randy Orton and Sheamus is is dull as dishwater. Dull as dishwater. And then you've got this bullshit with the Intercontinental Title, which doesn't even matter anymore because of Ryback's staff infection. Well, you know what? Now I know why you bumped this up to be the first thing for us to because discuss. Because it's useless bullshit. Because <laughs> Battlegrounds happening tomorrow, and basically an entire segment, entire belt is not going to be, you know. Yeah, it's bullshit. Represented, so. All right, so what's next least important? Hmm. It's a toss-up. It let's is. See, let's see if I get another strike. Three strikes, I'm out, I guess. Okay. Tag team? Correct. Oh, yes! Who are the champions? Team Bella? No. Tag team? <laughs> really? I'm only kidding. Uh, primetime players? Correct. And who are the top <laughs> contenders? Uh, the top contenders are the New Day. That is correct also. So what's your opinion on New Day and how they're doing with their whole like heel spiel? Love New Day as a heel tag team. I don't know why Vince ever thought that they would get over as a baby face because I they are that, so um, not a baby face act. I thought that Big E did a good job when he was kind of like, you know, talking it up, talking up the, the city and then like basically beating it down. W- were they in Atlanta? Yes. And I remember him saying stuff about blah, 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 blah. And then they were like. But then you closed the entire city down for an inch of snow, yes. and then it kept going on about that. And I, I thought was, I thought that was pretty good. They're good as a heel, as yeah. a heel tandem, but the babyface shit never, never was going to work to begin with. I mean, it was total. It was just like the honky tonk man spiel, where Vince brought in honky tonk man, thinking he was going to get over as a babyface act, and that's not what that was. And yeah, I remember when it that. went back to what it really was, which was a heel act that pissed people off. It was uber successful. And that's what he, that's what New Day is. It's ironically, it's it's an ironic thing. Like they're supposed to be uplifting, but ironically, they make you feel like shit. And you want to see them get their asses beat because it's the ironic yeah. thing. So why don't you tell us about the match that happened? Oh Jesus. <laughs> we got a six man tag I team. I have a lot of notes here. It was all three of the New Day against primetime players and Big Mark Henry. Typical six-man tag. Shit broke apart at the end. Uh, Mark got the win. Mark Henry got the win for he and primetime players, which makes not a goddamn lick of sense. He's not involved in this feud. He's not. I was just happy to see him because I'm a fan of his. But but he should have been taking the pin. I know. I I think the only reason why they gave him the pin is because they're going to have New Day go over. And WWE is doing this weird half-and-half booking where they feel like wins and losses matter for some reason. Yeah, I know Like, it matters if a guy gets the edge and wins. Like, no. if If you have a guy get a pinfall in the right way, the win doesn't matter. It's all within context. A cheap win is almost a loss. I think that's because maybe this is just me. I don't think it is from um based on what it's I've heard from the other podcasts that we uh mm-hmm. frequently listen to. It's just like but the context is like always changing. Like well no, I was never mind. I'm going to say that for when we talk about the divas, but uh 
it's just I would have to rate this another like one attitude adjustment because it's just like meh. It's just it was I mean the new day with their like mini uh, promo and stuff was decent, but otherwise it was kind of like yeah, kind of I was kind of like meh about it. So mm-hmm. I I just uh, this show for me I, I watched it and it was much better than last week's show. Now over overall this raw was. Halfway decent, and it, I, I know it wasn't just me because my kids actually sat there and watched some of it. Because honestly, Raw's been so like just not great that even my kids don't even want to watch it anymore. That's just sad state of affairs. For me, they always want to watch New Japan. Everything in terms of execution was great, mm-hmm. but the logic going into it That's was true. all faulty. I think I would agree with that in almost every sense. In the tag team title sense, it was Mark Henry, who's not involved in the feud at all, getting the win. Which leads me to believe that New Day is going to take the belts. Because they didn't want to directly pin primetime players because primetime players are going to get pinned at the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think you're right. So, like, I guess we don't find out what to... Well, okay, never mind. So, it's probably... It's Kofi Kingston's not going to wrestle... At Battleground because he just did the uh, thing at Japan. Yeah, he is. He wrestled at Raw. Why couldn't he wrestle at Battleground? But there only has to be two of them. Don't you think they would pick Big E? It's going to be Big Woods? E. It's going to be Big E and Kofi. Because Xavier, almost always, Xavier is the mouthpiece. And they're going to keep it that way, I believe. Okay, so that's what you're thinking is going to happen? That I would almost put money on that happening. Okay. All right. Well, we'll wait and see. I don't think he's an outstanding mouthpiece, but... he The guy's working on his master's degree. Like, he's a legit smart dude. I'm not saying that he's not smart. And I he's, just don't he's, think he's... He's better than you give him credit for. I listen you probably, to him now. You probably don't pay him as much mind as you probably should. Well, I am now that we do the podcast. Because he's I don't mainly, skip over it. He's mainly the mouthpiece. He should be a manager. He talks... You know what? I think... That's a good point, because I think he would be a good manager. He should be a manager. Miz should be a manager. Heyman is uh, a manager. You know what? That's a good point, because I, I never even thought about Miz being a manager, but he would be a great manager. The Bellas could be managers. Okay. Daniel Bryan, when since he's probably out, could be a manager. Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to talk more about that when I do Tough Enough segment. But anyway, those are all good points. So what's the next most useless title? The Divas. Yes, but it was close. <laughs> I think John and I might have, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Go well, ahead, let's, John. let's start with the champion and the challenger. Who's the champ? Who's the challenger? The champ is Nikki Bella. Okay. And the challenger is Paige. Okay. So this week. Go ahead and break it down. I remember last week I said... NXT did essentially the storyline that they were doing on Raw, only they did it in micro. They did Sasha has no backup, and then the following week, Sasha has backup. Uh Uh-huh. You mean Sasha Cohen Banks? Yes. Sasha Baron Cohen Banks. Exactly. The third. Yep. So this week. The boss. We start off, and Nikki Bella is droning. On and on about how great she is and how she's going to break AJ Lee's record. 
for consecutive days as women uh, divas champion excuse me they're not women they're divas did you call them women yeah i shouldn't have that is a faux pas you need to watch yourself and then we hear stephanie's entrance and stephanie comes out and stephanie proceeds to do what she does to the normal male roster and basically bury the entire Divas division in the entire process of it. And then says, I'm going to introduce to you your, basically I'm going to, I'm going to bring out your challenger page. So she brings out page and she's like, poor page has no backup. None of the girls in the back are going to stand up for her. Well, she said there's going to be a revolution in the Divas division. (laughs) Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Because she already threw the whole division. She she already threw the whole division under the bus. Basically, like, our women's division sucks. No doubt. That's what she said. No doubt. And then said, guess what? You now have two partners. Becky Lynch, who Paige is familiar with from Angerland, because they were, uh, it was Paige and Paige's mom, and Becky, uh, Becky Lynch was Rebecca Knox at that point, and she was kind of their mouthpiece. Okay. So there's history there. And then she also brought out Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter, which I was I'm pleased to see these girls make it up to the next the uh, the main roster. But again, we're at a logic point here. Stephanie is what a heel or a baby face? (laughs) Um, I'm going to let you finish with your whole spiel. Well, I'm asking, what's Stephanie, a heel or a babyface? Stephanie's supposed to be a heel because she's the authority. Not here. But here, she's a babyface. But she's a heel any other time. Okay, you're looking at me kind with a quizzical look, but I mean... I don't come up with this stuff. It's bullshit. It's WWE it's not like, having your ducks like in a row. It's like Vinny was saying. It's one of the flip-flops that consistently happens on Raw. It's them not having their ducks in a row. Them not knowing they where they're going. They, they, I think it's pretty rare that they ever have their ducks in a row. Okay. So after Stephanie has to assign back up to Paige, which is preposterous. More, more people come out. In one of the few logical pieces, Naomi and Tamina come out. This is logical because Naomi has cut promos before saying, what the hell do I have to do? Who else do I have to beat to get a shot at the women's title? So that was kind of logical when she came out. But then enter more dislogic, where Stephanie says, hey, Basically, it was, well, everybody else has three girls. You need another girl to even be competitive in in this division. What? It's a singles title. Why do we need three factions of chicks? So then she gets assigned the NXT Women's Champion. And Sasha Banks comes out with no fucking belt. What the hell? It's all dis- like there's no logic going on here. It's exciting to see these NXT girls jump up, 
onto the main roster, but it's a mishmash of stuff that should make sense and none of it makes sense. This whole this whole experiment is going to fail because they don't know how to book wrestling. I think that if they had basically stuck with you know you know actually now I think about it. I think if they had stuck with the Bellas and their triad faction that they have, and then if they had done Paige and her faction which I call Team Page, with Becky Lynch and Charlotte, and not had anyone else come out, and then while another match is taking place, maybe between, like, Paige and Nikki Bella, have, like, somebody come out and, like, interrupt the match and do a beatdown, and then something like that, then it would have more logic behind it. But I think that having technically three factions is just... I would have to agree it's illogical. It's just it's just like I feel like they're just trying to find an excuse for all this really great talent of NXT to move up, but it's just too much too soon all at the same time. It's not enough. What it is is it's a soft it's what comic book nerds would refer to as a soft reboot where you're still keeping what was you're still keeping what was the shitty, some of the shitty parts of what used to be, and you're trying to interject it with things to try and restart it in a hot way. The problem is, is you have all this disjointed bullshit that's convoluting the works. And yeah, you're going to get some good matches out of this, but you're going to get some shit too, because Nikki Bella sucks. Brie Bella sucks. So Tamina sucks. It's not going to be successful because you're right. It's going to be mixed. Yes. There's going to be some great, but then there's going to be some shit. So then the fans are going to be like, "What the what, fuck is what this? What the hell is going on?" They what they should have done is just not done anything women for a month, and then start bleeding the stuff through. You know what they should have done is they should have had, like, a match where it's, like, Bella X, any of the three in that faction, go against Paige. No, they should have had all three Bellas. This is where they should have been going. Let let me finish. Let me finish here. So Paige and, like, let's say Brie Bella are, like, in a match, and then all three of them start beating up on Paige. And then Becky Lynch runs out and, like, helps her out. And then there's at least like a little snippet of an idea that something's going to happen down the line rather than just a whole bunch of like women all thrown in together. That way there's like some sort of lead in. That's just my opinion. First of all, WWE has this really bad habit of thinking that the only way you can get people over are if you introduce the McMahons into the storyline. Vince with Stone Cold. Uh, Stephanie with the when that when That's it was the in, when it was the invasion angle, you had to throw Shane on WCW. You had to throw Steph no, with true. ECW. Good old Shane. And it's the it's it's continued to do that. I miss Shane. Every every time they do something new, they have to throw a McMahon into the works somehow. I think that's an excellent point. You don't have enough McMahons to throw another McMahon at this that's logically. True, especially now that you, you don't have got to, Shane. I you mean, have to you take somebody who's already been booked heel, who has been solid heel for two fucking years now. It's been about two years. And throw 
all of that off the tracks. That's true. To make her look like a baby face to try and get this idea over. When you already had logical footsteps in place, you were already doing, you already had one week Paige go against Honorary Bella. The next week you had Paige go against Brie Bella. The following week you should have had Paige go against Nikki Bella non-title. Where Nikki Bella says, you know what, I'm willing to face you, but I'm not willing to do it without my... Because that's the logic. And then they could have built it into... Paige could have gone over Nikki with all the interference. The following week, Nikki says, no, bitch, you're facing me, but you're also facing my sister and my honorary sister. And have Paige, at the pay-per-view, have Paige have to look these three women in the eye all on her own. And then, after she's almost won the match, and you have... Honorary Bella, Brie Bella, and Nikki Bella finally start taking Paige apart. You want to explain who the Honorary Bella is? Alicia Fox. Keep going. She's honor. She's been Honorary Bella now for three weeks. You have three. You have Paige almost victorious over these three chicks, and they finally get a handle on her and start taking her apart piece by piece. That's when you bring out Becky Lynch. That's when you bring out Charlotte. At the pay-per-view. That would have gotten the whole thing over. So you're piggybacking off of what I'm saying, and you're saying that that would have been a bigger introduction, and that would have been more effective as in comparison to what I said, where like Becky Lynch would have just came in like and helped the babyface in peril like, At on the a pay-per-view. Raw or, or SmackDown. Somewhere where it makes fucking sense. Okay. None of this makes sense. None of it does. None of it. Because it's Steph has to assign Paige help. Because Paige is incapable of doing so. A lot of... WWE doesn't realize casual fans are not watching Raw. What they're at now is the base that tunes in every week regardless. Because their ratings are not getting any higher. They're staying basically the same. And if anything, they're getting lower, which is a no good. That work sure isn't helping. So since they're down to their base audience, you would think they would introduce, like they would be extra careful not to do this dumb shit that doesn't make sense, which offends the prime base. I'm offended that they could not book a sensible storyline. I don't want to watch it anymore. It's atrocious. Do it in a way that makes sense. I already know it's fake. I want you to present something that makes sense. This is why Game of Thrones is successful. This is why Breaking Bad was successful. This is why The Sopranos were successful. Because the shit made sense. It was well written and it appealed to people. What they're doing with this women's division... Like, they have these amazing athletes for for just women's wrestlers. Yeah. But they're giving it no attention. It's horse shit. I'll tell you why. Because it's just, it's not enjoyable. And even though, like you said, those shows, people watch them. They know they're fake. But there's some element 
of, of something reality. that's real, that's believable. Like the stuff that we see on Raw on a weekly basis is it's not believable. It's not logical. It's just like you click on the remote and literally you you don't know what you're going to get every week. You don't know if somebody who's been a heel for three months is going to, you know, or even a week is going to be like the next week a baby face. You just don't know. It's just, I feel like it's just all over the place. Well, the Bellas have been baby face, heel, baby face, heel, baby face, heel, baby face, heel, baby face, heel. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm going to go more into that with my good, bad, and ugly. So I'm d- I'm done discussing that that like you I'm so the next belt? I'm so disappointed in the logic. It was awesome to see them, and the the fight that broke out later on was was it was enjoyable, and the submission spot like they had the the triple submission spot, and that was cool. There was some cool stuff there. Okay, so you, but you what John's referring me, to is that like the factions kind of had a little brawl. When you're losing me at the at the very intention, it takes me out of it. I know I already know it's fake, and you know that I know it's fake. Don't take me out of it by completely defying logic. Like these chicks, okay, if we're going with Steph assigned page help, and we're supposed to act like they don't know each other. Why would they give a fuck? Why would they be having each other's backs when if you're going to treat the audience like it doesn't know what NXT is, the audience shouldn't know that there's any background there. Correct? Yeah, I don't know. John, you say stuff to me and I can't answer your questions because I don't understand why these decisions are made. It's it's well I do because it's the McMahon decisions. Well, it, it either either the audience knows or it doesn't know. You can't have both. You can't have both. You can't. I think basically the point that you stated that has been happening for several years that I never even thought of um, is why because the, a McMahon every time something supposedly big is about to happen a McMahon has to be involved. And it's just, it's just, I, I don't understand They why. could have done it in a way that was more effective. That's my main point. It was awesome to see, and it was enjoyable for what it was, but what it was was completely, like the very, the very root is unsuccessful. I agree. I mean, when I initially saw it, because I actually watched it a couple times, um, I was just so, I was actually... A little bit excited because it wasn't exact. It wasn't as drab as usual. It wasn't like somebody from Team Bella Wrestling page, basically. And I was excited because I'm a big fan of you know Becky Lynch and Charlotte and all of that. But it just it just wasn't effective. I mean, it was happy to see them, and I was happy that they were getting a push. And that they were trying to do something a little bit more creative. But, I mean, overall, the segment was just like, just at the end, you were just kind of like, really? What is even happening here? It's just sloppy writing. I think you're right. It was very sloppy writing. It was some, It's like you said, something that could have been great, but the execution was just bad. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's the next belt? Who's the next contender? 
USA. Who's the champ? Mr. John Cena. I'm, I'm like wiped out from that women's division <laughs> shit. Well, you better get your strength back uh, for this one. Who's the main contender? I don't know. Hmm. That's that's. I'm glad to hear you say that because while Kevin Owens is getting the match at the pay-per-view, you also have Rusev. And? And you have Cesaro. Cesaro kind of has a legitimate claim, but not really since Cena went over him clean last week. So this is one of the more interesting twists that's actually happening right now. But more faulty logic here. Well, and I'll, yeah. expl- I'll explain it after you make your point. Um, well, basically, I'm, I'm just about done. So technically, if you look at the list here, and John will go into depth with this, we've got John Cena, and we've got possible contenders. How about we say that? Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Rusev, who mm-hmm. is feeling better, and Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us what happened? So Cena Brapadoo's out there. <laughs> Did and you say Brapadoo? Yeah, I used it as a verb. Okay. And he says, hey, guess what? Time for U.S. Open Challenge. Let's he says, go. By my wristbands. And he is answered by the former United States champion, Rusev. And then... After Rusev makes his whole spiel about how he's going to take the belt back, out comes Kevin Owens, who says, look, motherfucker, I'm the one that said, if anybody takes you off, takes the belt off of you, it's going to be me. And this asshole over here can't get it done, and I'm not going to let him get it done. And what did Rusev say? And Rusev said, look here, you French-American piece of shit. Exactly. And then... Uh, <laughs> Owen said, look, take your piece of shit flag and shove it up your Chernobyl. <laughs> he did say that. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> this writing. I swear to Christ. And then since Cesaro is incapable of getting over and doesn't connect, he's the only one that comes out without a microphone. Did you notice that? Oh my can't. I did. He can't connect because he's Swiss. So fuck a microphone for this guy. And you know what? He certainly didn't c- connect with the fans last week. When he had the mic and raw. And got like one of the loudest pops out of anybody yeah. on the fucking show. Like pop, pop, pop. Jesus Christ. And then, uh, so then when Cesaro's mouthing words to John Cena and mouthing words to everybody, all of a sudden fisticuffs abound and Cena departs the ring and gives this look. And they cut to commercial. And they come back from commercial and they're like, hey, guess what? The authority says that this match, whoever wins this automatic match that the authority automatically booked, even though we have no footage of it. So technically it probably didn't happen. We're just going to go ahead and throw this match out there and the winner gets to face John Cena. So basically what happened is all three contenders were battling it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And an imaginary match was made. Mm-hmm. Makes no fucking sense. The contenders were real, but the match was, you know. They couldn't have Stephanie or Hunter walk out from the back and say, hey, since you guys want to throw down, this is a match. And show it when they came back from commercial break. I don't understand why that didn't happen because all executively important decisions need to be foretold by someone in the McMahon family. Per WWE. So why did that not happen? Because we're Yet just supposed more because we're, ju- we're just supposed to take Michael Cole's word for it. <laughs> oh boy, 
That doesn't make me feel too this good. This is not the only logic error here. Oh, man. He's got his finger up in there. Because there's a shit ton here. So you have Cesaro the badass, Kevin Owens the badass who just walks away at times, and Rusev the badass who broke his foot who has just returned from injury. Hey, and can, just... we, can we call him the Bulgarian badass? Yes, if you wish. That was good. They fight in this really great three-way match. It was decent. I'll tell you what. Kevin Owens walks out and says, fuck this. I get my title shot on Sunday anyway. After a while, he was just like, you know what? Why am I here doing all this battling when I'm just going to face him on Sunday at Battleground? And then he just says, peace out, Boy Scout, and leaves. And here's where the logic comes in. So Rusev. So then it's Rusev and Cesaro. Rusev, the guy who just recovered from injury, Mm -hmm. whose girlfriend walked out on him. For no reason. Well, of course there's a reason. Well, because I mean, she fell for Dolph Ziggler. But, I mean, she ditched him. Mm-hmm. She ditched him after he lost the belt, which puts her in gold digger territory. And this guy was poor, pitiful me. Well, Simon Rice says she's a gold digger. And then, not only that, has to fight these other two guys for a shot at a fresh John Cena. So he's overcoming the odds who overcomes the odds the heel or the baby face the baby face so is rusev the heel or the baby face because rusev wins the match against cesaro so rusev the russian heel overcomes the odds after just returning from injury what is WWE doing here? And John Cena's supposed to be the babyface, right? Babyface, babyface. Because that's some heel shit fighting a dude that just fought two other dudes. He even says, I have the advantage here. This is a logical because, And you know, and mess. you notice the commentators make sure after he beats Cesaro to mention... Wow, Rusev looks tired. Wow, Rusev is just beat down. They make sure to get that in there. Because Vince says, push how he's broken down. Push it, push it, push it. Are we trying to to get Rusev over as a baby face? Is that what we're doing here? You know what? I don't think we'll know until post-Battleground and on Raw next week. It it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Like, my brain is fried trying to analyze this fucking bullshit that Vince et al. are pushing at me. Okay, so, John, what do you think is going to happen at Battleground in regards to all this with the rubber match? Do you think it's going to? Do you think it's going to be Cena, or do you think they're going to be pushing Kevin Owens? If they push Kevin Owens, they have two automatic feuds for him with the United States Championship because he cost Cesaro the match the one time. And they, he cost Rusev this match. So both guys legitimately have beef with Kevin Owens. On the other hand, I almost hate to see Cena lose it because one of the best segments, apart from all the convoluted logic mess that WWE hasn't paid attention to here, one of the good things about Raw, since Cena, since Wrestle, since the Raw after WrestleMania when Cena started this open challenge shit, has yeah. been the open challenge. So good that they've main evented it. Like they main evented Raw with it. I almost hate to see Cena lose lose the belt. But logically, if you're trying to keep Kevin Owens over, 
you've got to give him the belt at this point. Yeah, I agree. The problem then is that what do you do with Cena? You just throw him back up in the fucking main event picture. Yeah, I know. You're going to put him against Brock Lesnar again? Well, it's kind of like I said. I just feel like uh, we didn't say on the – I don't think we said this on the podcast, but I, I, I just feel like John Cena is getting to that time where he's going to be take, end up taking the Hulk Hogan route where he just bit by bit fades away and starts to look into other venues and other ways to represent wrestling. Maybe next year he'll be a judge on Tough Enough, you know? You never know. I'm, I'm like, just by, the, like, they make my brain do acrobatics that it should not have to do watching wrestling. <laughs> they really do. It's yeah, frustrating. No doubt. It's frustrating to watch this shit. Before we get to the last belt, I want to address the extra storyline. Extra storyline. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt. It's going to be short and simple this week. Roman Reigns finally got some come up, come up and some Bray Wyatt at Dean Ambrose's expense. The end. Are you finished? It's Bray Wyatt. It was supposed to be Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose, and then Roman Reigns attacked Bray Wyatt. End of discussion. Which. Hey, do you remember what um, Roman Reigns had on his T-shirt? Because I remember chuckling about it. Mm-mm. Uh, I didn't pay that much attention to it. It was just like, it was just something very simplistic. And I was thinking, wow, that's the perfect logo for Reigns. Um, what He's if- the nerd that wears Kevlar to the fucking ring. Oh, never mind. For I'll- God's sake. Going to discuss that later. Okay. So, last belt. WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Give me the title holder and the contender. Okay, the title holder. I'm trying to get this wrapped up because I hate talking WWE. <laughs> is uh, our dear friend Seth Rollins. Correct. And the contender is uh, the, let's see, I'm going to say mayor of Suplex City. I would call him the, what was it? Brock Lesnar. The god of violent. Retribution. Retribution. Oh, I get a high five for that. That was, that was the best <laughs> shit Paul Heyman's come up with in a long time. So we get a bunch of main event promo bullshit. Paul and Brock opened up the show. (sighs) Paul is continuing to put over Brock, begs people to buy the shit. He he very much persuades people to watch Battleground. Kane and Seth Rollins come out. Kane uh, Kane says there will be a contract signing. Typical 20-minute promo bullshit. And Seth says, what? Why? Why do we need to have a contract signing? Midway through the show, Seth doubts Kane knows what the fuck he's doing. Kane says, relax, I got this. End of the show, contract signing. Funky shit at the table. Heyman tells Seth to get his hands up on the table because Seth was reaching underneath the table. Come to find out after Brock moves the table and then moves it again and then moves it again. That there was an axe handle under the table. I guess the axe handle is going to be Rollins' sledgehammer. <sighs> and then uh, Brock gets pissed. He ends up shattering Kane's ankle. Seth is a little bitch at first. And then when Brock goes away, Seth uh, insults Kane heavily and says, You suck. He basically, I'm, I'm going to do this without you regardless. Yes, he basically beats down Kane. Just, man. He's not real dedicated to his family, I'll tell you what. Which leads me to believe that Undertaker is going to cost Seth the belt. Because. 
Oh. Yeah. Or if that's not what it is, you're going to see Seth keep the belt, but you're going to see the shield reunite. Because Seth is the architect. And since the authority is not with him. I think that's more likely. But I think I I I don't know because they I think that they want yeah, Brock Champ. Maybe 50 50. I think they want Brock Champ because I think they're building for Roman Brock at WrestleMania again. What? Yeah. I gotta watch that shit again at yeah. WrestleMania. Well, they're they're gonna try to get uh, Roman over, but it's not gonna happen because oh Roman's God. just not organically over. No. So that was Raw. Bunch of bullshit. It oh, was it was a it was Raw that was executed well, but the logic made not a goddamn lick of sense. Okay, so now that we're done, good, with, bad, and ugly, with all of that, uh, I'm gonna do my stuff here. John and I have decided that uh, the good, bad, and ugly that we introduced last week for those people that listened, <laughs> I'm going to do because John does such a good job of breaking down all of the most important matches. I didn't do a good job this week because really <laughs> I hated it. I fucking hated it. Like it was it was an enjoyable episode of Raw, but like you lose me on the logic. Go ahead. I'll stop ranting. <laughs> But ranting's one of the things that you're best at. Unfortunately. Okay, now I'm going to say what I thought was good, bad, and ugly, and I'm going to let John pipe in because he might have thought that something else. Yeah, I did I did light notes on good, bad, and ugly because <laughs> I have a few things. Because why would you just let me do it when you can also do it and supplement? Good I've basically job. already, I've already basically uh, said everything I need to say in terms of good and bad. Okay. Now, this took me a little bit of time, I actually, uh, because I wanted to make it different from my highlights that I usually do at the end. Okay. I thought something that was good that took place was when Charlotte did her figure eight on Alicia Fox. I also thought all of the mumbo jumbo that occurred between uh, uh, Rusev, Cesaro, and John Cena was decent. <laughs> These are the two things that I thought fell into the bad category. Uh, the Cadillac. Why is the Cadillac still there? Just take it away and sell it already. Um, and I thought it was, uh, I, I told this to John earlier and I thought it was interesting. Um, last week I did my little spiel about Tough Enough and the guest the guest appearance was Seth Rollins and he was telling people how to do their promos and how to build their image and all of that. And then this week, uh, he goes on and has some ish trying to pronounce inanimate object. You can't say inanimate. So I thought that was kind of ironic. Ugly. The ugliest thing to me, which some other people have agreed is Nikki Bella. And her saying, this is what I thought is the ugliest. She is the definition of fearless. I'm just like, wow. And what podcast were we listening to? I'm trying to think. I think it was with Brian Alvarez and Vinny. And they were talking about how it was just awful. Like, whenever she attempts to do a promo. But, like they were saying, one week she's a heel. The next week she's a baby face. I mean, you never know what she's going to be doing from week to week. Uh, John didn't mention anything about the tough enough peeps being introduced. Because briefly. who gives a shit? <laughs> well, that's why it's in the ugly. 
it was just like, wow. It was really just there, and it was awkward, and it was just like, Alita comes out why and says, are they even there? Alita just comes out, gets a pop, and then she's like, oh, hey, these... Because people say, yes, it's Lita. Oh, these tough sh- enough. These okay. shitheads are eligible for a huge contract, but they're never going to amount to anything like any of the other previous Because they would have to have skills. And the most successful tough enough contestant is now in Lucha Underground. Johnny, Mundo. Johnny Nitro Morrison Mundo. <laughs> anyway, um, and last but not least, I could have added more, but I don't want our podcast to be too, too long. Just, I think this is something John and I mentioned before, the constant, constant replays of something that you've already seen. It's like, I feel like there's three replays on any decent move that was executed. I'm just like sitting there. I'm just like, I need a third replay on this? Well, Come it's, on now. It's a, repl- it's a recap of the... It's a replay of a replay of a replay. Well, the beginning, you, that's what it is. The beginning of the episode is a recap of the ass end of last week. And then they go... Exactly. They do the 20-minute promo segment. Then it's a match. Then it's a recap of... Uh, a recap of some bullshit that happened last week, and then it's another match, and then it's a recap of Total Divas, and then it's a match, and then it's a recap of Tough Enough, and then it's a match, and then it's a recap of. I can give you a recap of Total Divas. Then it's a recap it. of the beginning of the show. Like, how much shit you got to recap? You got three hours to kill For plus real. an overrun. For real. Jesus Christ. I already said what my good, bad, and ugly was, basically. The good was the execution. The bad was the logic. The ugly is Orton Sheamus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Break time.
my mic is back on. I'm turning this down. I don't know if you can hear oh, me or not. Wow, we did awesome on that. <laughs> yeah, that was right at the fucking end there. Man, we're uh, great. Dude, great. Fiddling. So, um, would you like to fill us in about the rest of the wrestling world? Yes, now we we tune into Parts Unknown. Dun, dun, dun. Parts Unknown. Okay, we're going to start off with TNA Impact. This fucking show. You know what? TNA is really unknown. This fucking show, I swear to God. It's like Riddler question marks all over the damn place. It's a difficult watch. It really is. Um, Yeah, fuck's sake. Dixie Carter opened the show. She's the owner of TNA. And she apologized for being a shithead because when you last saw her, she was such a shithead that Bubba Ray Dudley put her through a table. Oh, damn. Bully Ray. As he's known in TNA, because they're not allowed to be Dudleys outside of WWE. Outside of WWE, they're not allowed to be the Dudleys. They're Team 3D. So Dixie apologizes for being a shithead. Has all the boys from the back around the ring. So all the wrestlers are surrounding the ring while she's doing this diatribe. Of of her woes that she was... How how, how wrong she, she wronged was. all of the people. Okay, got it. And then she says, "So I'm here to give you a new uh, authority figure." Basically, she didn't. I don't think those are the exact words she used, but she said, "You've got a new authority figure, and we're going to bring him out." And it's the same dude that put her through the table. So Bully Ray, Bubba Ray Dudley, is the new authority figure in TNA. Okay, that's a little bit interesting. And then. Bubba Ray basically says, Bully Ray basically says, well, we know you were a shithead, but I'll take the position because you apologized for being a shithead. And my first job in my position is to book a battle royal. And the winner of the battle royal gets to take on your nephew who you have. Trouble, 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 trouble. She says, she says he's a shithead too. And then he needs to, he needs to worry about taking care of his title through his skill that he's built up. Who is even a contender for him right now? Nobody because TNA. Nobody because the only contender is hurt. So Bully Ray says, so all you guys around the ring. Bully Ray is a dumbass name. All you guys around the ring. Bully Ray, that's the best they could come up with? Are in a battle royal. Just to show you the quality of TNA. Bully Ray. So basically those 20 guys that were surrounding the ring are in a battle royal. And the winner of the battle royal gets to go against EC3 later on for the title. And how epic was that? Holy shit. One of the worst battle royals ever. They're wrestling, like it's a battle royal, battle royal, battle royal. A couple guys get thrown over. So we're down to like, from 20, it goes down to like 16. They go to commercial. Come back from commercial, guess how many guys are left? Two. Three. (laughs) So you lose... Half the guys during your commercial break. It's pre-taped. <laughs> it's pre-taped. Everybody knows it's pre-taped. It's you ta- couldn't throw a commercial in there and come back and they have... They're just running it until they run out of time in September. And have 14 guys in there? Because, holy shit, you've had to cut out whole segments because of the Hernandez fiasco. Hernandez. I'm going to talk about that. Was just recently signed to TNA. 
He was also on Lucha Underground, which is still currently airing. You cannot appear on two programs at the same time. It just can't happen. It's called exclusivity. It's called non-compete clause. Holy shit. Was in Hernandez in the Battle Royal? No, but they've had to chop out because because okay, of all this okay. bullshit, they've had to chop out anything involving Hernandez, which is basically anything involving the Beatdown Clan. So they've had to chop out these whole segments of the show. What they did this week was they took out the Beatdown Clown set. Be, beatdown Clown, holy shit. The Beatdown beat Clown. Clowns. What? What? They cut the Beatdown Clown. Beatdown Clown. You can't you say that. You know what? They could come out to the in, insane uh, clown boss. They cut out the. <laughs> ICP. I'm just going to call it the BDC. They cut out the BDC stuff. And they put a match from Slammiversary in. Half of the... Literally, half of the guys from the Battle Royal were gone in the commercial break. They could have shown the entire Battle Royal and not shown the fucking match from Slammiversary. It would have logically made more sense. Holy shit. And it wasn't even a good Battle Royal. Who were the last three people? I don't fucking remember. And who won? Drew Galloway won. Okay. They're still going on with the Bram versus Mr. Anderson shit. Okay. Which is boring. Yeah, sounds good. Because it's got Mr. Anderson in it. Brooke won the knockouts title. (gasps) Did she? She did. Brooke's, I I, I like Brooke. Kurt Angle comes out and he cuts a promo. And and he says. immediately rushed to the hospital. He says, I love you guys, but I got a tumor in my neck. Bully Ray told me that I can have my rematch for... He told me to act can like... Can you not call him Bully Ray? Can we just call him something else? I'll call him Bubba Ray if it makes you feel better. It makes me feel much better. He says, I talked to Bubba Ray. Bubba Ray said to act like my rematch last week that ended in a funky way didn't happen. And I can have my rematch whenever. But I have a tumor in my neck. So guess what? I can't do it until I have the surgery to remove this tumor. And I get better from that. So by the time Kurt Angle is back from his surgery, guess what? TNA be over. Exactly. <laughs> so then Eric Young comes out and says, hey, guess what, Kurt Angle? I've pile-driven you so much that that tumor, yeah, that was me. This is, this is TNA. That's bad taste. Wow. So then uh, the guy, the one-legged sergeant guy, uh, Chris Melendez, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. He comes out and oh uh, yeah, the guy who's always Angle. saying, "Oh, I did so much in the military and all yes. that mess." Okay. He's got one leg. So then uh, EC three gets his match against Drew Galloway, and guess who wins? Drew Galloway. No, <laughs> EC three kept his title. Oh, and that's not even—I didn't even mention the X division bullshit. They air this shit earlier in the program where they say Tigre Uno, our ex-division champion, is going to talk about Donald Trump next week. What? Because Donald Trump said some shit about Mexicans. And Tigre Uno is a Mexican. But there was an ex-division title match. Can't even keep up. So they basically, like, Tigre Uno, nobody gives a shit about if he's not the ex-division champion. If he's not the champion, who gives a fuck? He's Jobber McGee if he doesn't have the X Division title. So you basically spoiled that he's going to keep the belt because 
if he doesn't keep the belt, his whole Trump segment next week doesn't matter. This is TNA. Anything else important that we need to know? Not on TNA because it sucks dick. So basically, what we are telling you is... Don't watch TNA. No. Watch watch it as it dies. Do you think they're going to write it? Do you think that someone's going to author a book, The Death of TNA, like they did The Death of WCW? (laughs) It would be a pamphlet. If it's Brian Alvarez, I will buy it the day it comes out. You've got to look at the ass end of the uh, 10th anniversary edition of The Death of WCW because it's a summary of all the dumb shit that TNA had done up until that point. It's literally like... Yeah, it's well, bad. I have a lot of respect for Brian Alvarez. So, so let's go to Ring of Honor, which is a much more entertaining Ring show, of and it's Honor. only and it's only an hour long. Ring of Honor. Adam Page with the rest of his decade cohorts, B.J. Whitmer and Colby Carino, mm-hmm. one against Evan Bourne or Matt Sydal, whatever you want to call him. And Adam won because he's a heel and he cheats. They're building up for Moose versus Cedric Alexander. Moose. Yes. Nobody can see you pump your arm, though. Moose. Moose. Cedric Alexander was a baby face for a while. He is now heel. He was part of CNC Wrestle Factory. He is now a heel, and he is managed by Veda Scott, who used to be Moose's manager. Ah, okay. Silas Young went against a jobber named Will Ferrara. The jobber named Will Ferrara got a win when Dalton Castle's quote-unquote boys came out and distracted him. Okay. So they're still doing Silas and Dalton Castle stuff. Okay. And then Jay Lethal defended his television title against the other Briscoe brother. Matt? Not, Not Jay, but Mark Briscoe. Okay. I, I'm terrible. <laughs> I had to I look said at my Matt, notes. and that is very close. It was a decent. It was a very good match. I enjoyed the match, and then at, it's kind of all falls apart. So, does he also defend his other title? Not this week. World he's going t- to next week. No, world title is for pay per views. So basically, he's going to continue every week to defend his TV. I wouldn't say he'll be defending the TV title every week, but when he's on television. When he's on television wrestling, it will probably be a television title defense. That's what I meant. World Heavyweight Championship defenses are for pay-per-views. I mean, it's the same thing in any, in any promotion. You don't defend the world title on television because you want people to pay money to see that title defended. Got it. So next week, we're going to get an eight-man tag of the entire Truth Commission versus the Briscoes. ODB and Roderick Strong because the match fell apart okay. and there was all kinds of interference and all kinds of rumbling and all that jazz. Okay. So that was Ring of Honor. Much better show than TNA. Shorter, so you got less time invested, which automatically makes it a more enjoyable show. And it also is a pretty much pure wrestling show. It's like... I think that's what gives it uh, the most charm. It's wrestling. It's basically one week it'll be all wrestling. In every segment. Another week, it'll be wrestling, maybe a baby angle, and then more wrestling. We were, uh, John and I were briefly talking about this earlier. Wow, it sounds like we, well, we do. We basically talk about wrestling a lot. (laughs) Um, That, if you look, not that we, we haven't had the chance to discuss all of the uh, wrestling that you can view out there, but Ring of Honor, it just, even though it's just very, 
they have a very modest method in when they do things. They just, they just, I feel like they're the people that are just, they're just the most stable right now. They just feel like, I just feel like they're just. They're the smartest because they know they can't compete with WWE. What they're doing is they're incrementally building. Exactly. It's like they're not going to reach for the stars if they know they're not going to be able to, to do that. And their and their storylines are basic storylines. It's basic shit that works in wrestling. It does. You, you have an because asshole. once again, just because it's basic doesn't mean it's not believable. Doesn't mean that people can't relate to it. Well, the more basic, the better. Because the more basic, then the more people that it will appeal to. Okay, think of how many people the J ver- as I call it the J versus J match mm-hmm. appeal to that appealed to everybody you, you know? had you had that's a perfect example you had jay briscoe who was the delaware redneck who, who appealed, we relate to because we're from delaware who appeals to redneck people who watch wrestling to begin with but also appealed to us specifically because we live in delaware and he's a delawarean guy and you don't have a del a guy from delaware who does much of anything let alone become the world heavyweight champion of an organ of arguably the number two organization in the country i remember i don't know if john remembers this one time (laughs) you don't you don't hear people from delaware getting accolades very often i remember john and i were watching this doesn't relate to wrestling we were watching jeopardy one time and this guy from delaware was on there and he like totally made people from delaware just look like complete idiots so the fact that Jay Briscoe did what he did. It actually won a title and was able to defend it and is able to consistently be a decent wrestler all the time. That, you know, that makes us pretty proud of him and proud that he's representing Delaware at least well. But on the same token, he's a fa- he's a chicken farmer. So he works hard outside of his wrestling life. He works hard. Which makes he him represents, appeal to a much bigger crowd. He represents hardworking, everyday Americans. Exactly. And then you've got Jay Lethal, who is an asshole heel, kind of in the... Mo- I don't want to say he's a Ric Flair type, but he fits that archetype almost. Not the Nature Boy character. His character isn't the same, but it's that same heel asshole, I'm you better than you. You know what? I think what you're trying to say is that he carries the same aloofness that uh, the whole Ric Flair character had. Where he's he he thinks he's good, but it, to a degree, it's a delusional yes. insight. Yes. And that's where Ring of Honor is better than WWE because it's so much. It just makes sense. I tell you, it's what, logical. When John and I went to our Ring of Honor show that we recently went to, it was just, it was for we me had no enjoyable, insight. and especially me, I didn't have insight because you know. He's more the wrestling nerd. I'm the person that keeps up with wrestling because I just have loved wrestling since I was little. He's loved wrestling since he came, basically came out of the womb. But it's just, you could, to, in my opinion, you could have a friend say to you, hey, I got a spare extra, you know, Ring of Honor ticket. Would you like to go with me? And this person could have never watched wrestling, like week by week, just said, okay, wrestling's cool. That's fine. And a wrestling nerd and a person that rarely watches wrestling could have went and both of them enjoyed the show equally just because they put out a good product and everybody does a good job and the storylines are somewhat solid. What do you think? 
I just think that it's a back to basics approach and it's been sorely missing. Like it fills my, I was not a WWE guy during the Monday night wars. I was a WCW guy until WCW were until WCW fell off the cliff. When they changed their logo, I saw that shit was not right because they were trying to fix things on a superficial exterior, exterior level when what needed to be fixed was interior with that company. And I could see it as just a fucking dumbass 17-year-old You're right, because something that you and I have talked about before is I was always pretty much WWF, WWE, and then John and I have known each other a very, very long time. Then John and I, was when we were watching wrestling, he kind of pushed me more towards the WCW. And I said, oh, it's almost like I hadn't even been exposed to, to that and then I started paying attention to the Monday Night Wars and really taking it in for a while it was worth go ahead so my point is is that Ring of Honor kind of fills that, that WCW that need for me of a emptiness a, a, clo- a, a more wrestling centric product and I think WCW definitely was WWE has always been the more entertainment product and to because a degree, that's Vince's vision. To a degree, the entertainment, yes, you you need the entertainment in the wrestling, but the wrestling, it's it's, it's wrestling. not entertaining if the wrestling isn't decent, people. Anyway, so, are we NXTing it now? Yes, we are going to NXT. Go ahead. So, Jason Jordan, who is the guy that I couldn't remember his name last week, he's the guy that's been hunting for a partner, and he's had a guy that wants to be his partner. Oh, okay. And he keeps saying, no, fucker, I don't want you as my partner. Oh, I know who he is. He finally accepted him as his partner. So it's Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. Okay. Chad Gable has this great gimmick where he comes out and he's... I like Chad Gable, right? I guess. I don't don't know how much you've seen of him. But he's got this... I like him. He's got this gimmick. Like, you know how Cena comes out with his little bath towel or whatever, and it says... Don't hate or whatever. Don't be hating. Never give up. I don't know what the fuck it says. And then it says, buy my wristbands. Well, Chad Gable has a towel and he drapes it over his arm. And it says Gable on the towel. It's the best shit ever. <laughs> it just says Gable? I'm like, yes, it just says Gable. I'm like, <laughs> this dude is fucking awesome. That's hilarious. So they wrestled a match. <laughs> what does he do with it? He just comes out and just shows it? <laughs> Just, he just shows it. He and just it says brings it out Gable. like he just brings it's it a, out like Yano with his it's DVD. A fucking white towel, <laughs> and in black writing it says Gable. It's best shit ever. That's hilarious. So Jason Jordan finally accepted Chad Gable as his partner. They beat a couple of jobbers this week. Samoa Joe comes out and beat a jobber, which is what Samoa Joe does best. Oh man, we got Baron Corbin promos. We got Eva Marie promos. Baron, Cor- Baron Corbin's promo was a backstage thing where they're trying to give him, like, you know, the Finn Balor stuff. Does, does somebody shave his head yet? No, but <laughs> my God, that poor guy. Like, he's you know like, what really sucks for him is he's not a bad wrestler. He's not really, he's a decent looking guy, but it's just like, and, and you know, we need to research. I, maybe I'll research right now. Oh, no, my phone's in the other room. How old is he? 29? He's a young kid. I'm just... 28? I'm just throwing that out there. I think he's in his mid-20s. What a shame. He played for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, did he? Professionally. He played, he got... Well, that explains his hair. All that baseball cap in it. He played for championship college football teams. 
every, every year that so he was in college. He's a seasoned athlete here. And he's like got legitimate fighting background stuff, but he just can't get over. Poor so guy. they're so that's what they're doing. They're trying to get him over. But you know what? He I mean, what do you think? I think he's a decent wrestler. I uh, he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have. And, he's and that, lacking in the charisma. And that hair, that hair where he's going bald, and he's still trying to hold on to whatever he's got. It's just not working. It's not working. They'd be better off putting him under a hood and booking him like a uh, fucking meal muertes. In my opinion, yeah. But, but then again, I'm a sucker for meal muertes. That's true. Maybe the Eva, they, he needs to be repackaged. The Eva Marie stuff, though. I'm interested in because I think what they're going to do is they're going to try and build this new direction for WWE's diva division. They're going to try and build that around Eva Marie. She's their she's their Roman Reigns of women's wrestlers. Okay. Because they sent her all the way down. They sent her down to NXT and she's never been a wrestler. They're building her up from scratch. And she is basically Brian Kendricks and. um. And Sarah Del Rey's pet project. They're going to make her like the new Trish Stratus. That's what they're trying to do. Okay. I'm telling you. You're right. That is their goal. And I totally agree that they're trying to make her the Roman Reigns. Yes. From what from what I have seen of her when they've shown her when she was. Every time she talks, it's boo-hoo-hoo. Oh, her promo was terrible. All the other divas hate me. Her promo was terrible. She came out. My hair is red. She yes, it's it was something like everything red is her like I'm pretty or whatever. So she my comes hair is up, red. I can't really wrestle yet. She came out crowd no booter. No one likes me. The crowd booter, and she basically said, "Guess what, fuckers? I'm training in two weeks. You're gonna see me debut, and I'm gonna knock your socks off." Everything red. Hashtag everything red. Everything well, red. Well, you red, know red. what? Let's just wait and see what her debut's like. I'm not a fan of her. When right they now, showed but. her, when they showed her in the ring that one week where. Sarah Del Rey and William Regal were watching on the apron as she and some other jobber bobber woman woman were doing some uh, mm-hmm. some uh, what do you call it some sparring in the ring I guess you would call it yeah I don't know what I don't know what you would call it they're rolling around in the ring doing um, stuffs she didn't look half bad I will not cast judgment on her until I see her debut because I'm very much. Well, no, I think I'm very much like everybody else. I want to, I, I want, I want to see the total package, because I feel like, I feel like John and I are fair people. I mean, you know, we judge people. We don't judge people on whether they're male or female. We judge them on their everything. skills, skills, and everything, their abilities, and their talent. Am I right? Depends on your definition of talent. <laughs> and- Blake and Murphy, the NXT Tag Team Champions come out with Alexa Bliss. They defended their belts against two jobbers and they naturally beat them. Sami Zayn came out and gave an update as to what his health. The Vaude heroes. The Vaude villains were not on this episode of NXT. Okay. Mm. Sami Zayn came out and said, hey, guess what? My shoulder is fucked. Yeah, there was that chant. That chant happened. He said, hey, guess what? My shoulder's fucked. 2014 was awesome. 2015, not so much. I'm not coming back before the end of the year. Ah, shit. But when I come back, I'm coming. Crushing my dreams. When I come back, I'm coming for you. But the good news is, I still got Finn Balor. They announced, uh, they had San Diego Comic-Con happened. And they announced the main event for NXT 
TakeOver Brooklyn that Jushin Thunder Liger is going to be at. It's going to be Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens part three. Rubber in it. Okay. Got it. Then we got a main event. And it was for the NXT Women's Championship. What are, what are the women called in NXT? Women. What? The way it should be. They're not divas. They're women. Okay, so they're divas when they get to WWE, like official. But when they're in NXT, they're just women. Yep. They should be just women. And what are they WWE. called again in TNA? Knockouts. Knockouts. Mm-hmm. What if they're not a knockout? What if they're ugly and they wrestle? You mean like Kong? Yeah. <laughs> Kong's not ugly. She's just big. She's just it she's just who she is. She's big, but she's awesome. I think she's awesome. But um okay. I think they should have a title. I think they should be called something. In NXT? Yeah. It's the fucking women's division. It ain't no joke. <laughs> I'm about to take our uh Podcast up to another rated R. Here we go. Uh, rating. This is what they should be called. The motherfucking badass bitches is what they should be called. No, but you're not that far off. Bailey's bitches. Bailey's could be everybody's manager. <laughs> that was hilarious. No. You know it was. So this main event was pretty good. Started off as kind of a... Is it, Bailey in it? No. Bailey's injured. What? Mm-hmm. That's why she hasn't what been around. To Bailey? She got injured somehow. What? Well, you know what? You need to research that so oh, I can know. Ex- Excuse me. That's why she wasn't part of the bump up to the main roster. Bailey's going to be the main focus once they get Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Sasha Becky Banks, and Becky Lynch firmly entrenched in the women's division on the main roster. NXT division, women's division is going to be focused around Bailey. I'm almost positive. Can you please Bailey find out why Bailey's not wrestling? Bailey doesn't have a Vince-friendly face. She doesn't have Vince-friendly anything. Um. So the main e- this match was pretty good. It started off just as a kind of a decent match. Like it started off decent okay, enough. Okay, who's going against who? Charlotte against Sasha Banks. It was announced last week. Okay. It started off as just kind of an eh match. Like, eh, it's not bad, but it's not great. Now, was it, f- it was just a regular match, right? It wasn't for anything? It was for the it was for the NXT Women's Championship. Got it. It just started off as kind of a match. Like, it was not a bad match, not a great match. By the end of it, it was pretty fucking awesome. I'm not going to... Uh, Did they do any Mongolian chops? No Mongolian chops. Damn it. That's how it, you know it's not New Japan. But it looked like Sasha Banks was going to fold Charlotte in half the wrong way. So. It was a good match. Uh, Sasha Banks kept the belt. The, the boss? S- basically, the story of the match from what I, wh- while I was watching it. because she doesn't it, want to have to give up, give up those glasses. While like I was watching Max, it. Max Headroom glasses. The story of the match was that they started from nothing built their way up and that as hard as Charlotte tried like they both were equals because they both started not wrestlers and and they both reached the pinnacle of okay. NXT okay it would make sense if you watched it trust me 
And then they were, so they were both equals in a way. But Charlotte's on her way out, and this division is now Sasha's. And as hard as Charlotte tries... I think Sasha can stay in NXT. It's time for her to go. She can stay the boss of NXT. If you watch the match, you'll understand where I'm coming from with my explanation of the story of the match. Because each match is supposed to tell a story. This is the story this match told. We started from nothing. We we got all the way to the top. The pinnacle. We're both equals. It's going to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And you're going to give everything you've got. Down to your fucking hair. Because her extensions came out. Charlotte's extensions came out towards the ass end of the match. So you're going to give everything you've got. You want to know what? But this is my time now. They both had the eye of the tiger. You don't care. Like, here I am taking it serious. I am taking it serious. They don't have the eye of the tiger. If they've reached the pinnacle of NXT, they do. No. They had the eye of the tiger. They had the Sasha still has the eye of the tiger, but it's time for Charlotte to go to the main roster. That's what the story of the match was. That's what I just said. That's not what you just said. Okay, what I just said. So yeah, that was that was that. It was pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. So who won? Who do you think won? The boss? Yes. Okay. Boss won. Boss Sasha. Is it time for Lucha Underground? Lucha Underground. We start off with exposition about the medallions. I want to know about the medallions. There are four medallions left, and Dario's given three out. How many medallions? Seven medallions in total. He's already given out three. Okay. So there's four left. So why do you want a medallion? Why is it a good idea to earn a medallion? Each medallion represents the seven ancient Aztec tribes. One of the holders of the medallions. It's like the Roy G. Biff of the. One of the seven holders of the medallions will gain power equivalent to the Aztec gods. That's why they're important. Okay. He even offers Pentagon one. He says, do you want one? Pentagon Jr. And Pentagon Jr. says in Spanish, fuck no, I want Vampiro, motherfucker. I will trade my medallion for Vampiro. No, he doesn't want one. And then Dario says, well, maybe I'll just give you one for shiggles. He doesn't, but he says, maybe. Maybe I'll be so impressed by you that I'll just give you one regardless. And then he Pentagon Jr. says, basically... If my master and I wanted a medallion, we'd beat the fuck out of you and take him. Because Pentagon Jr. is the best motherfucker on that roster. You know what? I can respect that because I respect that they're trying to bring a little bit of their heritage and culture into Lucha Underground. Because why not? Well, that's what Lucha that's it what Lucha Libre it, is, though. It makes it more appealing. Yes. To everyone. Lucha Underground is the best product on television today. If they I think it's the best wrestling product. If they don't no, it's it's here's the difference between and it, it's been uh I've heard we reference Brian Alvarez a lot on the show. Man, Brian, we are giving you kudos. He doesn't listen to this. I wish he did. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit about it. I us. wish that we're lowly peons. 
and my Canadians on the reviewer raw would listen to our show and then they would know how much that I love them because we listen to them every single week. This is the difference between Lucha Underground and every other wrestling promotion that's out there. Okay, why don't you explain it? Why don't you break it down? Every other wrestling promotion is presenting a wrestling show. Lucha Underground is not a wrestling show. It's a show about wrestling. And it has a certain appeal because they do it, in my opinion, like <laughs> like they do with all of their soap operas. Yes. Absolutely. That's what Especially it is. Especially with all the, the lovely vignettes. They're just it's a it's they're a just great. It's a novella about wrestling. It is. That's what it is. It is. That's the difference between Lucha Underground and all the other wrestling programming that's out there right now. And their vignettes are just like just like the best promos ever because it they think about everything. They think about the characters, they think about the lighting, they think about the feuds, they think about everything. It's just it's just very basic and and just has a classic appeal to it. I just really really love their vignettes. I remember when John and I first started watching Lucha Underground because he was like you need to check this out because you're going to be this is totally going to be your bag. And I was just like, I think after one episode, I was like totally sold. Yeah, you're firmly entrenched. I was, it. exactly. I was like, we are going to watch this all the time now. And he was like, I figured you would say the that. The thing is, is we missed like two months of it and caught right back. Like, I caught right back on And to that's it. how you know it's got the novella concept to it. Because you can miss so much and then and watch one right back episode in. and jump, jump right, right back, back in. in and be all caught up. That's how you know. So do you want to know who won the next three medallions? Of course I do. Come on. Davari won one by beating Bengala. Do you remember Bengala? We wa- we saw him one other time, I think. Yes. So he beat Bengala for one. Mm-hmm. Sexy Star beat Superfly really quickly with an arm bar for one. Then they showed hers and it had a butterfly on it, which could be misconstrued for a. I'm looking for you to fill in the blank. What could a butterfly be misconstrued for? I I need to visually see this. If you look at a butterfly, there's another animal that is similar to a butterfly on the planet. Dragonfly? A moth. A moth. So Marty the moth comes out. Oh, And says, this represents my tribe. I want this. You owe me a match for this. Sexy Star, I'm going to take you for my moth medallion. So Sexy Star beats Marty the Moth. Okay. And keeps her medallion. And then King Cuerno went against Killshot. Who do you think won the medallion out of those two? King Cuerno. Exactly. Is there a deer head on his medallion? A deer head on his medallion? Yeah. I don't know. So now you know those three people have medallions. Are you going to ask me who else has them? No. Yes. Tell me the other four. Now you're going to make me flip back. Flip, flip, flip. Jack flip, Evans, flip, Aerostar, flip, flip, and Phoenix flip, 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 also flip, flip, have them. Flip, flip. So there's one left. Da, 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 da. Okay. Tell me, tell me everybody who has a medallion again. I just did. Jack Evans, Aerostar, and Phoenix. And then Sexy Star, Davari, and King Cuerno. All have medallions, and there's one medallion left. I think they're going to give it to Tejano. I think (laughs) 
Dario is going to keep it. I think Dario is going to keep it, and he's just going to say, "Then there was more Vampiro and Pentagon shit. It was awesome. Pentagon Junior's too. I don't even want to describe it. I just want to say, everybody listening to this podcast, watch Lucha Underground. They're going to give it to Angelico. That way, he can like break up that triad of fun. And then they gave. They're going to give it to Johnny Mundo. Then they gave the. Then they're. They started kind of uh, selling the card for Ultima Lucha. Do you want to know what the card is? Two weeks, right? Three weeks. Okay. So we have two more weeks of regular Lucha Underground, and then the big two-hour or three-hour, however many hour season finale. We don't know because it's. I'm assuming it's only two hours because the card is only six matches. And also because they have that logic that three hours might be too long. Yes. Okay. Do you want to know what the card is? Yep. Go ahead and fill me in. I bet you can figure out one match. What do you think is going on? You haven't watched it. Maybe not. Johnny Mundo is going against Alberto El Patron. Tejano is going against Blue Demon Jr. Okay. The trio's championship is up for grabs when your trio's champions, Angelico, Ivalice, and Son of Havoc... Go against the Disciples of Death, who are Mil Muertes' Muertes, three guys. Correct. Sweet. Drago is going against Hernandez, who cannot appear on TNA programming. Because he's associated with Lucha Underground. Vampiro is going against Pentagon Jr. Pentagon Jr. And then it's the Lucha Underground Championship match where... Prince Puma goes against Mil Muertes. Oh, man. John's going to lose his stuffs over that. Unfortunately, I already know the results of that. <laughs> I'm not saying that good, bad, or indifferent. I just know the results. Because uh, it's been spoiled for me on other podcasts that I listen uh, to. John and I go back and forth with the spoiler alert stuff. So that is wrestling elsewhere. Non-WWE wrestling. Non-WWE wrestling. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, are we doing something else or are we taking another break? It's New Japan. Oh, shit. I forgot all about New Japan. I'm ready for another beer already. <laughs> we don't drink beer. I do. We don't drink beer while, Who you we, fucking kidding? while we podcast. Who are you kidding? We do not do that. I do. Okay. I'm ready to inform you people about... The G1 Climax. Please do while I get took, a beer. That took place during August, year. August 1st, 2014. <laughs> okay. Our first match is... Matches. <laughs> and you know I'm not going to pronounce this correctly. <laughs> Minora. Minora. It's, that's wrong. Minoru oh, Suzuki, Suzuki, Suzuki versus AJ Styles. I'm fine with saying AJ Styles. So, um, you can probably tell if you've seen any New Japan that it's going to be de- decent match just by these two guys. And it was just, it was a decent match. Uh, there was an interruption. There are outside factions uh, between the Suzuki Army and the Bullet Club. Had a little bit of, you know, side action going outside the ring, battling it out with all the factions. Suzuki, per the use, just very, very stiff. A lot of smacking smacking things around. The one thing I do really enjoy with Suzuki is he just, 
he does a lot of moves that are just non-traditional moves. Like for it felt like ten minutes they were just like he put AJ Styles in the ankle lock, and then he got out of it. And then of course AJ Styles put him in the ankle lock. It was just it was pretty entertaining. Um, anyone who's familiar with our podcast knows that I rank um things on my scale that's New Japan Pro Wrestling related with on Lariatos and Rainmakers. Um, and this match earned three Rainmakers. Is that good or bad? Three is good because four is about the highest you can get. Technically, you can earn a five, but that would be like perfect. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. That would be like Tanahashi versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that would be like my favorite match with McFoley and the Undertaker, Helen Cell. That would be like stuff. Kota Ibushi versus Kushida versus Okada mm. in a no holds barred. Oh yeah, that would be my bag right stripper there. Stripper match. <laughs> He's just making stuff up. Uh, AJ Styles wins that match. Match number two is. I'm gonna say this so wrong. Because I, I, you know, I want to say it like in my two most native languages, which is English and Spanish. And Japanese. <laughs> Japanese dun, dun, dun. is not, my, not what I'm familiar with. Hiroki. Hiroki? Hiroki Goto. This is okay. why I need to stick with last names. And Hiroshi Tenzin? Tenzin. Okay, one thing I would like to point out is that this is last year, 2014, was his 19th G1. Tenzon's been around that long? Holy yes. shit. Um, and he literally, I felt like, did 1,000 Mongolian chops. The crowd... I could do 1,000 Mongolian they, chops. You couldn't do I one. could. I could do one, at least <laughs> fairly well, I think. Don't do it on me. I could do one. <laughs> Don't do it on My me. My shoulders would hurt, though. <laughs> Don't do it on me. The crowd, they love this guy. And Tenzin? obviously, oh, you need to watch this match. No, I don't. I'm all right. They love him. I'm okay with Goto, but not uh, Tenzon. I could. They love him. I was a little bit shocked. He's but currently I mean, the, he's the, the current NWA the comment, World Heavyweight Champion. The commentators were really building a background about him. And he's just he's he's just like a national icon at this point because obviously if he's been to nineteen G ones then yeah he's been around for a while. Well, like I said, he's the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So Goto is, in my opinion, the much more skilled wrestler. Uh, this one really only earned uh, two Rainmakers, and Tenzai wins, and the crowd just roars. They were just all about that. Now this is the match. Uh, of the evening. It certainly is. And it really basically is almost expi- explicitly. Ooh, don't want to Seth Rollins. Whoa. Don't want to Seth Rollins. I do not want to Seth Rollins there. Hashtag Seth Rollins. Hashtag inanimate. <laughs> that was awesome. That's exactly what he said. And anyway, I digress. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus. Tomohiro Ishii. Oh. I'm going to have to change my pants after that. <laughs> oh, wow. You should have had some dry undies mm. next to you. King of Strong Style versus the Stone Pit Bull. Exactly. God damn. 
God damn. You don't even know how many just stiff hits. They just smack the crap out of each Both other. Both of them? Really? Hit stiff, stiff, stiff. Stiff, stiff, stiff. Like my cock will be after I watch um, that match. It... <laughs> wow. <laughs> My God! Really? Hey, that's like my two favorite guys. Wow, man, we don't we pull out all the stops on our podcast. Mm, I'll have to pull out after that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is a rated R podcast. Anyway, um... explicit lyrics, folks. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you stop so I can get through this. I know you're blushing. I am blushing. Yep, beet red. <laughs> I'm re- as so red, red. You're purple. As red as your shirt. They One thing that really shirt. made this interesting is that uh, these guys were tag team timers, uh, tag team partners they for were a while. Tag team farmers there for a bit. <laughs> they were farming it out. Tag team farmers plowing the fields. <laughs> Uh, so they were fairly knowledgeable about One each other's, yeah, each other's strengths and weaknesses. Makes sense. It definitely does. One of my favorite things that took place was Ishii. He did this really awesome superplex right off the turnbuckle. Because he's Ishii. And he's awesome. Hence the stone pit bull. I've watched a lot of Nakamura and this time I really... Although I honestly feel like he brings 100% every match he does. This match, he really, really, really took it to like the maximum of his abilities. I was very impressed. Of course, he was wrestling Ishii. Some of the best wrestling that I've literally ever seen Nakamura do. Um, John is definitely going to have to see this match. Yeah, uh, I'll have to uh, You do contact my cable provider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nakamura wins. I... Almost would give this four Rainmakers, maybe 3.5 Rainmakers. You're critical. I am critical. Okay. Would you like to me? Would you like for me to talk about Tough Enough now? I Do know. Do you want to? I'm just going to give a... Let's keep it short. I'm just going to give it a skim like... Uh, it's fine. So many of the other podcasts out there. <sighs> There's good, bad, and ugly, and most of it's ugly. I just feel like everyone there... It just does not possess the skills to ever be prof- in professional wrestling. ZZ got them skills. Okay. You've never watched Tough Enough. No. But he you, got the loudest you pop on Raw. You're basing all of your opinion he on got the loudest podcasts pop. No. and their opinions. No. Not just that. He was the one, when he came out on Raw, got the biggest pop out of all of those guys. You cannot deny it. That's fine. He got the biggest pop out of all I think he's a, a mumbling idiot. He got a pop worthy of the guys that were actually working matches. He did. But I. everyone loves him but me. That's fine. If everybody loves him but you. This is what I think is the most interesting. Not so much the contestants, but the veterans. This is something I was actually explaining to John before. It's interesting because the coaches there are Lita, Billy Gunn, and Booker T. Booker T's kind of in and Booger. out. He does a lot of things. Michael, look at Booker. And it's funny because Lita is the cool, calm, and collected one. And Billy Gunn this week was just like, I am over you people. Because you just aren't taking anything that I'm teaching you 
and applying it, especially to the women. Um, there's a girl named, I'm sure anyone who's ever heard of Tough Enough, named Sarah Lee. She's cute, but girl does not have any skills wrestling related. I mean, yeah, but she's nobody got doesn't like Sarah Lee. Uh huh. I get but. it. <laughs> I get it. And it's just like, I literally cannot wait for her to be voted out. Uh, the person that did get voted out was the Bra- Brazilian goddess Gabby, who really couldn't understand anything she was saying. And I mean, she was decent looking, but she, I mean, her skills were okay. Like two and a half out of five stars between promos and between wrestling. And the thing that really got her out, because the bottom, she was in the bottom three, is they basically said, okay, this is how we're going to judge you. Each of you is going to be going to get cut a second 30 second promo. And she didn't cut a promo. She basically just sat there and whined and said, please, please, please don't get rid of me. And Paige is like, oh, that's not a promo. The highlight of Tough Enough is Paige. Paige is awesome. She's brutally honest. She just basically tell, told Sarah Lee, you can't handle any challenge. So why would you be? Why would it be okay for you to be a professional wrestler if you can't handle any challenge? This the one thing that was surprisingly good that took me by surprise was Hulk Hogan. He actually is a pretty decent judge. The one thing that I was kind of like disappointed in is the third judge. Who's the third judge? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is very like he doesn't really from what i've seen he doesn't really give constructive criticism he's not really i don't know i feel like he's just not a good pick as a judge i feel like he's there because they don't know what else to do with him because he can't wrestle right now you have like the exact opposite opinion that's fine that every other podcast that i've heard that watches great this show i've heard that hogan is phoning it in Basically, like he votes for a different person every week. There's and truth to that. Daniel Bryan and Paige focus on the people that they don't think are going to work. There's truth to that. And that apparently Paige has had it out for Sarah Lee since the beginning. Essentially, I can't speak for it because I don't um, I don't watch the show. I'm just giving you what I've heard. And you've watched enough reality television, as have I, to know that they edit this shit strongly to influence the vote. Mm -hmm. And that the dummies that watch reality television and vote for it Uh, are are bound to vote for the people they feel sorry to keep. Sarah Lee is getting hit by more than just... um Page now though she got hit by Billy Gunn because she's got no skills. Yes. Chris Jericho was but pushing her to try to thing. upgrade and prove herself. Listen, listen to my point first. Okay. The dummies that watch and vote for reality show competitions are more than likely to vote in a way to keep the people they feel sorry for. Yeah, and she was crying. And she That's is she the it. most crybabyish. What's the word I'm looking for? Crybabyish. Sympathetic character on that show. Yeah. 
to She'll the point probably make where, it a couple more weeks. To the point where WWE is trying to get her to be the one that wins the female part of the competition because they're voting in a man. The there's going to be a male winner and a female winner, right? Well, she's the best looking, also. That's it's WWE you're talking about. Well, Gabby was the best looking, but she's gone. She's second. She best couldn't looking. speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is the you know. This is WWE we're talking about. Oh, God. So do you think that maybe they're trying to rig it so that Sara Lee wins uh, with the sympathy vote? I don't want to talk about this anymore. You're the one that chose to watch the show. I told you you should watch Total Divas. I don't want to watch Total Divas. You want to watch Total Divas. You oh, know no, you do. I don't. Are Why do you re- keep peer pressuring me into that? Are we ready for another break? Yeah, we are. All right.
mic's back on. <laughs> Down with that shit. <laughs> okay, so the next thing that's going to be happening right now is my highlights. Yes, Heather's highlights. It's the last segment of a show that we do. Well, not technically. We got to go do old versus new. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> he doesn't even know our segments. Okay. Okay, so what were your highlights? Here are my highlights. And you know they kind of vary a little bit. Okay. One of my highlights is... Are these all raw or are these including New Japan? They're all raw. Again. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> I, could, I can add in one for New Japan. You can do whatever you want. Okay. These are your segments. That's I don't a, know why I'm bitching. Yeah, you need to leave me alone. I'm bitching because Raw was not as good as everybody thought it was. Oh my gosh. Can I take? Can I say my highlights or what? Fuck a Raw. Okay. <laughs> Bray Wyatt's uh, Butcher's Apron. I like the addition. It's not an addition. He was doing that in NXT when he first came up with the character. Okay. I like the addition to the WWE. Main roster. Yes. Okay. I don't like you. Sorry. I like um, what I call the faction of Team Paige, which is yeah. Paige. Yeah, that well, they're Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. I That's like half of what they call the four horsewomen of NXT, because the four uh, horsewomen. Who's the, the four horse? Who do you think? Guess Bailey. Okay. Paige is not a member of the Four Horsewomen of NXT. Why don't you just tell me? It's Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Mm, sweet. They, those four should have come over and just wreaked havoc. But they, it's, it's typical Damn. WWE. They jumped the gun. Just like they jumped the gun on splitting up the shield. They always jump the fucking gun. True. Fucking Third bullshit. one was the, I don't care what anybody says, it looked cool to me. Cesaro double suplex, as I call it. Double suplex. <laughs> John's going to be surprised by number four. Uh, when Brock Lesnar F5 came. Okay. And the fifth one was uh, something we didn't discuss previously, uh, was the Stardust promo. I like the promo that he did. There was a match between uh, Stardust and Neville. Uh-huh. And I like the promo that he did. I meant to pull up a clip of a promo that Dusty Rhodes did where it, it was WCW and Dusty and uh, Dustin was booked in a he was in a storyline where he basically Needed a partner and had no partner because I think Barry Windham was his partner but turned his back on Dustin. Mm -hmm. And Dustin needed a partner. And Dusty came out and cut this huge emotional promo. And he was talking about Arn Anderson and he said, From where Arn Anderson sits, the view never changes. And Cody specifically referenced that in his promo on Monday night. I know. Where he said, from where I sit, the view never changes because he's a heel. I would love to think that they are going to actually do something with the Stardust character. I know that Cody loves this character. He does. But it's 
doing a lot of wheel spinning. It's true. A lot of wheel spinning. That's true. I agree. He referenced on his Twitter that his dad told him to finish what he starts. I hope this was a reference to the gold dust stardust. I did too. There are ways to do it. There are. That makes sense. Effective, decent ways to do it. Which tells me that WWE is going to do jack shit. I know. It's just. And honestly, it, it breaks my heart. And I think John feels the same way. When you see. Talented performers what? get I mean, fucked. What? Damien Sandow. Oh, God. Don't even. Don't even go there. It fucking sucks. I don't understand. And I'm sorry that this is going to make our podcast longer. But. Who gives a shit? It's our podcast. Can he? I just. I don't understand how they can do the Ms. Ms. Dow. Go through all of that trouble. No payoff. And have Damien Sandow do, do so well. Boost him up, and then basically put him in. What is it called that he's in? Technically, he's never on. They're never on. But I mean, uh, the the uh, mega the, powers, uh, mega powers. But they're not the mega powers. They're the meta powers. The meta powers. But everybody fucks up and calls them the mega powers because it's fucking so close to the name. I just. It's a letter. I removed. mean, they take him out of the gimmick. Well, I mean, I guess they stick with no. the gimmick of him copying other people yes. because he's Mizdow. And he came out and cut a promo and said, yeah, I was all these characters, but now I'm not going to do that anymore. And then the next week he was fucking doing it again. I remember. This is typical WWE lack so, of logic bullshit. It so is. I remember the first time I saw Damien uh, Sandow, because if you continue to listen to our podcast, you will know that I'm big into pushing the mid-carders, the, the, the strong, interesting mid-card people. Like my opinion, Bo Dallas would represent that. That they just have that. They have. They're like a diamond in the rough. They just need a little bit of shining and something with substance, and they can rise. And Damien Sandow, he 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 rose to the top, and then they just, you know, threw him away and turned him into like. Meta power jobber. It's just, it just makes me very sad. They turn him into the Macho Man, and he doesn't even do a good Macho Man. I I don't even talk about it. If they wanted a Macho Man, they could have hired Jay Lethal, who does a hell of a Macho Man. He does. That's so true. They could have kept him X Pac. Uh (laughs) That's a sad state of affairs. But anyway, I don't know. I just feel like. Your mid-carders... Both of, both of Dusty's sons, they just need to do the right way. I want Dustin to get a main event run. And Dustin, I think... it's just... If you if you know anything about his history, he, he just... He deserves it. He deserves it. it. He so deserves it. And I mean, think about what he's done in the last couple of years. He's just put himself into great shape. He just goes out there and puts on a decent match every single time, in my opinion... I just, it's just, they, how can they just let him fade away like this? It's just crap. It really is. I'm going to fantasy book you the perfect gold dust main event run. And it starts with Stardust, who is taking on these baby faces. And he's a, a, an ultra heel. He's doing everything the worst possible way you can do things. 
He's lying. He's cheating. He's stealing. He is doing everything that his dad never did. Yes. He's not the American dream. Dustin comes out and he says, Cody, I've had enough. I've got this paint on, but I'm not speaking to you as gold dust. I'm speaking to you as your brother, Dustin. This is not what our father wanted. You're using the name that he used, Stardust. And you are bastardizing our father, who passed away and has been highly regarded by everybody in this industry. And you are pissing on the Rhodes name. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're either going to fly right or you're going to face dad's wrath through me. And you book it out. And what you do is you have Stardust versus Dustin Rhodes. And Dustin Rhodes can't get it done. Because Cody, as Stardust, cheats his way to victory. Mm-hmm. The next week on Raw, the next night on Raw, because that would happen at a pay-per-view. Obviously. You have Dustin come out as himself. And he says, you know what? I tried it for Dad. I tried to do my best to show my brother the misguided light that he's in. And I'm going to have to do the unthinkable. He's so serious. I'm going to have to take him on. Serious. I can't do it. He's going to teach teach him a lesson. Shake some sense I, Dustin, cannot do it. But Goldust can. Yeah. He comes out in full-on Darth Maul Goldust gear. I would love it. And he beats Stardust. And then you do a third match, and you have Goldust go over yeah, as the, the rubber, rubber match. You need the rubber match. In a gimmick match, like a cage match or something like that. Ooh, cage match. You know how about cages. The problem with the cages is that WWE doesn't know how to do cages right. Not anymore, I'll tell you that. So you have them do maybe a ladder match for like a contract or something. Have them in a... In no. A, no. I've got it. Got Texas a- Bull Rope match oh my god the match that he main evented madison's that dusty main evented madison square garden in with billy superstar billy graham i read texas oh my god match wow that's between a great gold idea. dust and stardust that's a great idea and have saw them that match do it in an epic fashion i remember watching that match you let them blade you let them beat that the shit it. out of that each was, other oh with a god, cowbell that was an epic match and have gold dust go over. That would be, in my opinion, so appropriate and such a good way to honor their dad. I mean, and come on. By this time, Brock Lesnar has lost the world championship. Oh, we're, well, we're not. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy that he should naturally go against. Because I think they're building towards a Cena heel turn. But you know what? That just that would be such a uh, lovely way for Goldust to finally say, you know what? 
I've 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 seen my my time in the ring, and now it's over. It's just like I said earlier. I just I'm getting emotional here. How can well, they just on. let him fold? Like you, fade you've away. got a good you've got a good thing there. He beat Stardust finally after the Texas Bull Rope match payoff. And he says, "You know what? I've done everything I needed to do. I set my brother right for my father. It's time for me to go." Yeah. By this point, Bray Wyatt is your WWE World <laughs> my Heavyweight God. Champion. And this is how you know it's like info from John's head. Because by this point you've had You've had Roman Reigns finally win the title off of Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar beat Seth Rollins. We can't do all of your fantasy booking. Well, no, I'm I'm backtracking here to give you logical progression because WWE won't fucking do it. All right. And make sure it's all related to Cody Rhodes. So Brock beats Seth Rollins. Cody Rhodes related. Brock beats Seth Rollins. In the meantime, while all that shit with Cody Rhodes and Dustin comes to a head. Brock beats Seth. Brock keeps the belt till WrestleMania. Roman beats Brock at WrestleMania. The crowd hates Roman, so they have to turn him heel. No. Crowd crowd doesn't turn on Roman. Crowd accepts Roman for what he is, finally. Roman and Bray have this long-term feud because it's anyone but you for Bray. Anyone but Roman for Bray. So Bray finally... This is one of the instances where Bray finally takes the belt off of Roman. Since that's like our long-standing Ric Flair and Sting thing. So Bray interrupts Goldust's promo and says, Oh yeah? You think that you've got it made? Well, guess what, pal? This guy right here. But he does it in a weird, like, rambling promo. Because that's what Bray Wyatt does. I don't think... So you think that Goldust and Bray should have a feud? But sweet. Because Goldust can say the next week, after he gets cut off, he could say, you know what? The one thing my dad never got to see, the one thing that I haven't done for my dad, is win a World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, my God. I'm happy with just the have him go over Bray match. Wyatt, and then you can have Bray Wyatt take the belt w- back. But at least he got to touch the gold once. Okay, I see what you're saying. And then you can start with Cody's road to retribution. Okay, I see where this is all uh, connected. It would make sense if you did it. It's not going to happen, but it's not going to happen in a wrestling dream world. It could because WWE. Okay, this is old versus new. Oh, fuck's sake. This is what I proposed to you. I already used all my braid power booking well, guess what? Stardust versus you Gold Dust. You knew this was coming. This is the last. Do you have old or new this week? I have new. Okay, good. Then I have old, right? Uh-huh. Uh, here we go. And i trying to mix it up a little bit. Stretch my wisdom. So these are not WWE people? Oh, fuck. And Are we it's going not to Japan? a person. It's a stable? <laughs> it's a tag team? It's a tag team. I'm interested. Are we going Young Bucks? <laughs> yeah, because I would pick the Young Bucks because <laughs> they're my favorite. I would have picked Rock and Roll Express if you were picking Young Bucks. I know, but I'm Ultimate not. Ultimate Babyface, Ultimate Heel. I'm not picking the Young Bucks. Okay. 
I have chosen Red Dragon. Fucking hell. <laughs> I love this segment because every single week I just throw him for a loop. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. How would I want to approach this with Red Dragon? Why don't you tell me? Red Dragon are one of the most technically proficient tag teams around today. In the, the new. The problem is they are junior heavyweights. They are not full-on heavyweight division. That's true. And that's why it's a little bit of a challenge, I admit it. So my first gut instinct is to put them up against the Steiners. The Steiners would kill them. Because the Steiners were the great in my opinion the steiners were the greatest tag team to ever wrestle i think a lot of people would throw i would agree the steiners would definitely a lot of people would throw lod out there the road warriors Mm -hmm. i would say the steiners were a better tag team well i think technically the steiners were definitely better and the uh legion of doom had a little bit more of just coolness and showmanship not that they weren't great but I would have to, surprisingly enough, agree with you. I think the Steiners technically had uh, but these are, more skill. Those are heavyweight tag teams that I would be throwing at a junior heavyweight tag team. Yeah, so it wouldn't be equitable. So right. I'm backtracking. Okay. I'm not going to throw the Steiners at them because the Steiners would would literally kill them. Uh, in the I haven't thought about the Steiners for a long time. Do you have any DVDs with them? Wanna- no, because they haven't done a Steiner DVD because Scott Steiner is psychotic. <laughs> and they don't want to... D- Vince doesn't want to pay Scott yeah, Steiner money. I can agree. That would be awesome. So I think what I'm I would do... I'm nostalgic now. I would probably... And, and this is going to be weird. I would throw them the Midnight Express. Oh! <gasps> That's good. I think that's equitable. Because I like it. You have Red Dragon be the baby faces in the feud. Okay. And Jim Cornette can sell the feud by himself because he's the manager of the Midnights. That's true. So there you go, Midnight Express. I and think you, this is our best pairing yet. That would be an epic feud and you wouldn't have a winner. Don't you think that's a, it would this go is back our and best forth. pairing that we've done so far? I think so, Neil. because this is pretty even here. Yeah, and I it, agree. It wouldn't even matter necessarily which version of the Midnights. Because you could have Dennis Condry or Sweet Stan. You got Beautiful Bobby to carry the fucking match to begin with. So that's what I would go with. Good job. Thank you. Okay, I think we finally, finally finished our podcast. This is our first two-hour-plus oh, podcast. man. It's almost as long as Raw without the commercials. <laughs> For the Tuesday night version on right. USA. I'm ready to turn on this song and okay. end this podcast. Th- thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Thank you, folks. Listen next week, please. Sitting high on my